Hi all, today we are going to be discussing the Macduffs and the role they play in Macbeth. Before we begin discussing the scenes Macduff and his family appear in, it is important to note that the Macduffs contrast significantly with Macbeth and Lady Macbeth in the play. Although both Macbeth and Macduff are both soldiers, Macduff is honest, sincere and willing to show his emotions in scenes of the play. Whereas Macbeth is deceitful, untrustworthy and savagely murders those around him for his own gain. Whilst Lady Macduff and Lady Macbeth are both seen as courageous women on stage and critical of their husbands, Lady Macduff is caring and affectionate towards her son, yet Lady Macbeth is classified as lacking maternal instincts and having evil desires. Therefore, it could be suggested that Shakespeare has these significant contrasts to allow the audience to see just how evil Macbeth is and how he needs to be stopped by somebody deemed heroic and honest. Surprisingly, Shakespeare doesn't introduce us to Macduff until Act 2, Scene 3. So before this moment, the audience see nobody clearly opposing Macbeth and his ever-growing accumulation of power. When we do finally meet him on stage, he is the first one to raise the alarm for the murder of King Duncan. And he talks about a sacrilegious murder that's stolen the life of the building and tells everyone to ring the alarm bell, screaming murder and treason. Yet Macduff's initial panic paves the way for him to publicly question why Macbeth decided to murder the guards. As he asks Macbeth, wherefore did you sow? And we see how Shakespeare subtly pits the two characters against each other right away, as Macduff is clearly suspicious of Macbeth. In the very next scene, Act 2, Scene 4, we see Macduff's reputation as a worthy character confirmed. As Ross states, here comes the good Macduff, after a night of unusual darkness and disruption in nature. Macduff confirms that Malcolm and Donalbane have both fled and that Macbeth is already named king and has gone to Scone to be crowned. What is interesting for the audience is how Macduff clearly states he will not go to Scone to witness the crowning, but will instead go back to his home in Fife. His decision to return home to Fife rather than travel to Scone to see Macbeth's coronation is an open display of opposition. Thus, in a few swift strokes, Shakespeare establishes Macduff as Macbeth's eventual nemesis. During Act 3, Macduff is noticeably absent from the coronation banquet that Macbeth has hosted in honour of him becoming king. In fact, it isn't until the very end of Act 3, Scene 6, that the audience are given an insight into what Macduff is currently up to, as Lennox discusses how Macduff has gone to England to see Malcolm and beg for his aid. Showcasing to the audience that Macduff has initiative and puts his country first, as he wants to see the rightful heir to the throne, Malcolm, crowned king. Divisions and allegiances are becoming much clearer too, as we learn that, despite Lennox being by Macbeth's side for much of the play, he is in fact hoping that Macduff is successful, revealing that his loyalties actually lie with Macduff and not Macbeth. Therefore, Macbeth's apparent power seems to be very quickly disappearing from his grip. Macbeth finally learns of Macduff's perceived betrayal in Act 4, Scene 1, when the sinister witches cast an apparition 
which warns him to beware Macduff, in order to mischievously wreak havoc with Macbeth's thoughts and feelings. Macbeth initially replies with misguided confidence that he has no need need to fear Macduff, as none of woman born shall harm him. Yet here is where we see a turning point for Macbeth, as he swiftly states that he'll make assurance double sure and kill Macduff anyway. Not only that, but Macbeth is willing to go one step further this time and kill Macduff's wife, his babes and all unfortunate souls that trace him in his line. Showcasing that Macbeth has descended into utter madness, killing neither for political gain nor to silence an enemy, but simply out of his furious desire to do harm. Act 4, scene 2 is where we see Macbeth's evil plan come to fruition, as the audience are transported to a scene involving Lady Macduff and her son, whereby this will be the one and, unfortunately, only time we see them on stage before they are brutally murdered by Macbeth's hired assassins. Sadly, Lady Macduff appears to be unaware of the heroic deeds her husband is about to commit and is instead critical of his journey to England claiming it was madness for him to leave both her and her son in a vulnerable position. What follows is a tender exchange between Lady Macduff and her son, whereby Lady Macduff tries to be brave by saying she can buy 20 husbands at a market if she must, but the son is wise enough to know his mother is genuinely upset about Macduff's departure. This caring exchange between mother and son is abruptly interrupted when a murderer appears on stage and brutally kills her son in front of her with Lady Macduff fleeing the scene with the murderer chasing after her. Macbeth's tyranny has arguably reached its peak by the end of this scene and the audience are left appalled by the lengths Macbeth will go to to retain his power and control. Immediately after this scene Shakespeare transports us to England where Macduff is blissfully unaware of the murder of his family and is instead heroically persuading Malcolm to help him save Scotland from the grasp of devilish Macbeth, as he refers to him. Macduff uses a lot of heaven and hell imagery in this scene to suggest that Macbeth has turned Scotland into an awful place to live, where new sorrows strike heaven in the face, suggesting that every day there is some new horror to contend with. Ironically, he is unaware that he is about to face his own horror, as Ross comes into the scene and tells him that his wife and his babes have been savagely slaughtered. The audience truly feel Macduff's heartbreak in this scene, as he is clearly dazed and struggling to take in this distressing piece of news. As he asks several questions in quick succession, he says, My children too, my wife killed too, all my pretty ones too. And after a few moments of feeling the gravity of his loss, he promises to seek revenge on Macbeth and kill him for the sake of his family and Scotland itself. And it leaves the audience rooting for Macduff's success. By Act 5, we see momentum building into breakneck frenzy as the audience anticipate the almighty battle between the two men, Macbeth and Macduff. Macduff is hellbent on finding Macbeth on the battlefield and wants to induce fear into him, demanding they let the trumpet speak so Macbeth can hear him coming. Macduff echoes his earlier pledge to avenge the murder of his family, 
saying the ghost of his wife and son will haunt him if he isn't able to find Macbeth. Another subtle nod to the supernatural element of the play as well. When Macduff finally finds Macbeth on the battlefield, he chillingly demands Macbeth to turn and face him. Bizarrely, we initially see Macbeth appear reluctant to fight Macduff, as he states he has avoided Macduff due to his soul being charged with the blood of murdering Macduff's family. The audience are instantly left wondering whether Macbeth has finally found his compassion and regret. Macduff delivers a chilling blow to Macbeth's false confidence, as he boldly states that he was untimely ripped from his mother's womb, causing Macbeth's misguided confidence from the sinister witches to crumble as he realises they have been playing with him all along. But true to Macbeth's nature as being a powerful soldier, he boldly claims he will not yield, and a savage battle between the pair ensues, with Macduff finally winning and bringing back the usurper's cursed head. Ironically, Macbeth suffers the same fate he gave to his enemies of Norway, as, if you remember in Act 1, Scene 2, Macbeth actually cuts the head off of his Norwegian enemy and puts it on the battlements, like Macduff does to Macbeth's head. Here, Shakespeare is providing the audience with an unmissable comparison here that Macbeth became the ultimate enemy to his country and was so morally repulsive to the audience that his death comes as a powerful relief. Finally, due to Macduff's bravery and determination, order can finally be restored with the crowning of Malcolm, the rightful heir to the throne, whom without the help of Macduff may never have become king. <laughs>